0: Good afternoon. This is Jim Colburn, Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website at commodityresearchgroup.com where we uh, post our podcasts. We'd like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules. At ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any specific trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is January eighteenth, and it's just afternoon. Andy, it's our Jim. first first podcast of the year, so why don't we uh, talk about the uh, big three monthly oil reports out of the uh, U.S.'s EIA, the IEA, and OPEC? And um, I know you uh, go over these r- really closely, being a barrel counter yourself. What sticks out to you of, of the their their first releases for the year?
1: All right. Well, let's start with OPEC. I do want to add that there's another major report that I wanted to focus on, and that's the little one of CRG. (laughs) This is the the big big four plus the The CRG one, which I think you know. I I actually have more confidence. (laughs) in our own balances exactly. than, uh some of the stuff that uh was released over the last over the last week or so but mm-hmm. i'll start with uh i'll Andy, start with
0: before you go on i just have to say since um i would say 2020 with the pandemic you've nailed the demand side of this relative to these other guys and you know year in year out so that i think you know you, you're being humble calling yourself the little one where you 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 can go toe to toe with these guys. Um, well that
1: yeah. thanks Jim we, we we try we definitely we definitely try it's a difficult it's a difficult exercise and um even Plus, though I'm, I'm now about to bash the OPEC numbers. Yes um they you know they 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 still try their best. Oh yeah. um,
0: no, they yeah they're coming really...
1: up with these forecasts. Um but you know it it's it's so hard to believe what uh the numbers coming out of uh, Opec on their on their monthly report um uh, they had a, a huge increase in demand for twenty twenty three up like two and a half million barrels a day and then they see another two point two million barrel a day increase for uh twenty twenty four and critically they if you look at their numbers for third quarter, they've, they've got a third quarter 23, they have a draw of a million barrels a day. And then in fourth quarter of 2023, they had a 1.9 million barrel a day draw, which I think we could safely say was completely wrong. Because the, mar- the all you have to do is look at the price. If we had a draw of almost 2 million barrels a day in the fourth quarter, Prices would be much higher. I mean, so the numbers from from OPEC are hopeful, fanciful, whatever you like uh, to to call it. But I I think you know they, they were they got it wrong for last year. And looking ahead for next year, I also think they have it wrong because they have a, a huge increase in demand again, which would imply uh, a higher global GDP, a return of uh, distillate of stronger distillate demand, uh, gasoline demand, et cetera, et cetera. And where they have the demand growth, where they have the demand growth is in Latin America, the Middle East, some in North America, not so much in the in the OECD, and of course in uh, China and uh, and India. And they've got draws for all four quarters, Jim. They've got a million the uh, million barrel a day drawn first, second, third, and, and fourth quarter, which would mean that OPEC, the uh, producer cartel, OPEC plus, could easily unwind their current production cuts with no problem. And uh, if again, if you believe these OPEC numbers, you know you have to be really bullish on the market. Well, um, Andy, the, 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 these numbers would apply, imply, you know, they they'd imply ninety dollar crude pretty easily.
0: Well, uh, if we go back to twenty twenty three, they had these um, bullish estimates in their reports, and OPEC plus the the entity went the other way. I mean, they they kind of didn't listen to this report, and they cut back production and um, the market I mean they they, they kind of like were the only ones that saw maybe a softening demand or demand numbers that weren't gonna come to fruition I mean the market yeah I, I, I mean, right. had, had they not cut back we'd be a lot lower
1: we'd be yeah we'd be a lot lower so I, they they yep. the the producers themselves you know that they got it right or, you know they expected that with these um, continuing cutbacks in the in the fourth quarter, that you know they do better on the price because demand would be higher than uh, expected. But the, you're right; they they knew that they had to continue the the uh, cutbacks and then add more for the first quarter of 24.
0: And that's what you you you, you think they were going to do? That they're going to start leaking out some barrels over the Well,
1: first- I think first of all they have to cut back. You know, <laughs> they the, <so>, right. <laughs> like right. can't they can't leak out before they even do, do the uh, right. do the cutbacks. That's true. <laughs> and, yes, you know, if you look at the last OPEC meeting, they got pledges from a number of uh, the Saudis. Got pledges from a number of producers, including Iraq, the UAE Kuwait, Russia. Uh, and some of the other uh, non, some of the other OPEC Plus producers, and you know, so far, you have to say that that there's no evidence that that the other producers are, are cutting back. Now it's it's still early, but you know, we're we're looking at February and March programs, and you know, I, I don't see, or I don't think the market sees that Iraq, UAE. Are cutting back significantly. I mean, maybe Kuwait cuts back some. Um, they did get some, some. They did get a bit of a break. Call it a break. I mean, Libya's having. You know, Libya declared force force majeure on on some production because of uh, protests. So um, you know that there is there is going to be a production decline. But I think the market is, you know, looking at. W- you know, whether or not we're going to see these cutbacks before we even get the leaks.
0: Right. Good point. And I guess we still don't have uh, some Kurdish barrels on the market. from
1: Right. That's that's 400,000 barrels a day of Kurdish crude, which would be under the Iraq numbers. And Iraq is supposed to be going down, not up. So, you know, and it's probably... Yeah, I'd have to say that that's probably one of the reasons why the you know the market has really had trouble getting out of its own way. You know that that right. they haven't really, they haven't seen the cutbacks and Russia, you know, Russia pledged an additional two well gross of of five hundred, but a, an additional say two hundred, and they actually may be cutting back, not so much of the of their own accord but you know they've they've had some trouble selling into uh india on uh, on pricing and they've also had some trouble on uh refinery runs there's there's a refinery issues in russia so it is possible that that russia's cutting back you know and that that that's certainly a, a always a question mark for the market where the you know where russian production is
0: well, I just wanted to say that since Angola has left the group, are they calling it OPEC plus minus now? <laughs> uh,
1: I, don't, I, I don't think that was pretty good. I, I don't think the loss of Angola is, um, you know, Angola's production has been going down steadily right. for a decade. Right, uh, They're they're pretty much, you know, they're pretty much at 1.1 million barrels a day, give or take. And I, I don't think that. You know they're hoping to go up, but I, you know, I don't see it actually. But yeah, so the, the goal is out. Um, just just quickly going through the other, the, the IEA. T- the IEA also had a big demand number for um, last year for twenty twenty three. They were on like two two million barrels a day, and they think in twenty twenty four it's going to be one 2 million barrels a day they just increased it i guess that report came out came out today and finally the the EIA who i think did the best out of anybody right of last year cuz they saw you know they they basically had inventories building in the fourth quarter so you know everybody else had these had these big draws and um, they had inventories up, you know, something like a half million barrels a day for uh, for fourth quarter. And they too had demand. They had demand up one nine for last year, and now they're looking for another one three increase for um, for this year. They have interesting. They they basically have um, stocks balanced. For the whole year, <laughs> they have a slight they have a slight draw, which they wrote about in their you know in their report last week. They have a slight draw. One one of the banks that uh, that we follow has a slight build, and um, CRG the CRG numbers last year we had a, a slight draw for the for the year, and we we thought fourth quarter. Drew a little bit, you know. Drew like four hundred thousand, but you know, I think I I, I kept having to decrease the dr- the draw, Jim. Kept having to like
0: Increasing. you know say
1: starting starting at like let's say I thought it was going to be a draw of one point two to start, right? And you know, then I got whittled down to like point three or point four. Mm-hmm. It may have ended up being unchanged or built for fourth quarter. Wow. Yeah.
0: It's a big big miss.
1: Yeah, it was a bit it was a big miss. And um for, for this year coming up for 24, we see an increase of uh like a million barrels a day. And I also have a slight draw for the for the whole year. So I have to say the market right now does look pretty balanced for the for the Rest of the you know, it does look balanced. I know, well, I know you know you I don't got a little, to hear that.
0: But yeah, it I, does
1: look balanced.
0: As a uh an options guy, you know, I I saw the EIA's projection of uh, Brent prices for eighty two in twenty twenty four and seventy-nine in twenty twenty five. And I think I think twenty twenty three they averaged eighty two. And I'm thinking uh, you know you know, sell sell volatility. Because we're not going anywhere, but on the other hand um i I put a post on uh, LinkedIn, and i i love I love these the eia puts out some great stuff, so i'm not I'm not trying to you know give them a hard time. it's a very difficult thing what they're doing, but when you see a like a straight line forecast of price for two years, you know kind of that's when I'll get an email from a you know an analyst every now and then saying, uh, I, I want your projection for." oil for this year. And I, you know, I said, I have, who the hell knows. Right. So I'll, I'll take the current price and give it to them. And, and so to me, I'm, I was chuckling cause they did a, they showed a, a price chart um, with their projections. So it's a straight line and, and it just looks um looks like they're throwing up their arms and saying, you know, we have no idea. We have no idea either. So, wow. which, you know, you people have been for the last few years if i can throw a little uh some vowel numbers in here i do this um you know i have i have uh, implied vowel data back to beginning of options trading in eighty six as many of you know and um at the end of the year i i do a long term average and for many years it's been around thirty three percent but after uh you know the crazy year twenty twenty and and uh twenty twenty two the the number has bumped up to 35. So it takes a it takes a lot of volatility to bump up this many year long term average up to vol points. So we're coming off of you know four, two of the last four are probably the highest vol years of all time, and to see this uh, straight line forecast, you, you kind of like a little context. Like, okay, it, what's more important is it the price projection or is it the price path? As we had we had some people that were uh, talking about a rally in futures prices, and then within a week, you know, China went into lockdown. I think the prices dropped by twenty bucks. But then further on, we we uh, they rallied, and they I think the war was around the corner, and so the price, all those all those price projections of higher prices were correct, but we dropped twenty bucks first. I'd really like to know the path that we're going to go through, as much as I'd like to or uh uh see the, the final result but that's just me because i'm a you know crazy option guy
1: well you also have to look yeah talk about the path i mean yeah the the prices ended up at 83 and 78 last year for uh wti
0: Okay, um Andy, we uh we had a little uh snafu with the uh, internet, so let's let's continue. You were you were talking about WTI prices and um I believe you were getting into the price ranges.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. I was uh talking about, you know, you were you were talking about the the path and and um I was talking about the range from uh, last year WTI was uh the low was around 63 and the high was 95. So we had a Thirty dollar range, uh, the, you know. One could say, one could say with some confidence that they think in twenty twenty four the range is going to be narrower than that. And, right. uh, You know, after studying this market for decades, I wouldn't bet on it.
0: Yeah, it's something always happens. Uh, something,
1: right. Something always happens. You
0: know what's, what's interesting right now. We have um, stuff going on in the Middle East and, you know, China demand. There's well, all the things you talked about going on, uh, typical uh, oil market, I think. But um, the the trade that I don't see, other than for hedging, is like the, the speculative put buying. It's so like, you know, say after uh, below, say, $60, something like that, we're not. We have some open interest on those strikes, but that's from a long time ago and was most likely oil hedging. But we, um, I would say, that's something that the market's not prepared for. You seem to be prepared for lots of uh, upside price going it, on.
1: I'd agree with uh, you know it, it's hard to be super bearish here under under sixty dollars with um, you know some some of the developments. Uh, particularly out of the out of the middle east i guess that the hedgers don't need don't feel like they need the uh the protection for uh, a big downside move um i one thing that could certainly change that of course is if the saudis decide that um you know that they want to go full, they want to increase production full bore you know this flood flood the market in the in the second half but you know, I I don't see that. I mean, I just uh, it, it's hard to make a make a case for that. You know, they tried that in uh, twenty twenty, and it didn't didn't really work out so well for them. Right. Um, you know, and they've tried it a number of times over the over the past. You know, during our careers, and definitely. Uh, it it doesn't see, it it. You know, it never seems to work, to work out well. But I think that would be the, the you know that that would be the impetus. For uh, a real bear move, um, coupled with you know, let's say the, you know there's any any type of, of recession, but right now, um, like you said, Jim, it doesn't look like that flow for for taking downside uh, risk protection is is in the market.
0: Yeah, I mean the other the other um, story that seems to have gone away, and, and maybe it's starting to come back again, is the uh, lack of investment in oil. Maybe maybe the um you know, the increase in US production this year has calmed that down. But, you know, coming into this year, it, you know, there's always this talk that in the future there's not enough money being invested in new oil wells, new new oil production. And um have you have been hearing any of that for say twenty twenty five and out in the out years? That there's gonna be the lack of
1: not, capital? Um, not not so much as it was over the past, you know, the, the, the past few years. I mean, certainly the, um, you know, there's been consolidation here, here in the, uh, here in the U S and, uh, there have been some, you know, great development. Certainly Guiana's is a, uh, incre- incredible story and the growth in Brazil. I think going for, and, you know, the biggest story of 2023, or not the biggest story, but one of the big stories in 2023, which you alluded to, Jim, was the success of uh, U.S. producers. You know, we really, did, the U.S. killed it. And, unbelievable. Uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was yeah like nobody re- had that. I mean, like, even. I was going to say it's like an, another revolution w-
0: within a revolution.
1: Yeah, I think for. for um a number of reasons. Certainly, you know the high prices from uh, 2022 did spur investment, and um, you know we saw the rig count go. We saw the rig count go up as uh, as prices rallied. Now the rig count is off. So the the U.S. Uh, the EIA is talking about an increase of only a couple hundred thousand barrels a day, and they're actually talking about no increase from where we are right now. I think the last weekly was thirteen three, and you know I think that's where they're at for next year, right? At thirteen point three million barrels a day. Yeah, I think I think um, it, I think it's going to be higher than that. I I can't imagine.
0: I think in their reports they're talking about the rig counts are going to catch up to the production numbers, so and, and flatten this growth out. But yeah, it'd be it's it's going to be something interesting to watch. You had mentioned we, we're going to lose some production from this storm, so we're going to so we're going to have to recover that first. That's going to be this month, right? in In North Dakota, North Dakota
1: the, uh, from North Dakota, it looks yeah. like it's five hundred thousand barrels a day. Um, yeah. so that's a significant. That, that, yeah, it's a significant lumber. I think that you know that that should that should come back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's easier to get those, those, uh, wells up and it's going to, it's going to warm up. So I, I think that's going to come back quickly. What's not going to come back quickly as we've, you know, as we've learned over, over these years is, is the refinery capacity that got taken out. You know, there was a report that a, a million and a half barrels of refinery capacity went down because of the, the cold weather and the storm in the, in the Texas Gulf. And in the same report, they were saying, oh, that's going to come back, you know, no problem. And that, that rarely happens. You know, there's usually, right. Some, there's usually problems. Right. Um, you know, you'd like to think that the refiners are better prepared, and they probably are, uh, because just a couple of years ago, they lost capacity for a, a significant amount of time. But I can't believe that all that capacity is gonna is just gonna come back, you know, in a, in you know the next week or two, and then we go into turnarounds. So, you know, it, it, it's possible. Certainly, we're seeing the, the cracks have increased some. I mean, gasoline cracks have been increasing for for a while here, uh, which is hard to hard to fathom actually why why, but they they have been. Um, and diesel well, cracks, diesel cracks went up over $41. You know, the New York, uh, WTI crack went up over 41 now has, has set back, but those are pretty good numbers. And even, and the gasoline cracks, you know, they're not, uh, if you go down the curve, they're, they're, okay. you know, they're not, they're not what they were last year, but they're, they're not bad. Well, I'm,
0: I think you're going to get a little bump in gasoline demand from the storm as, uh, you know a lot of these evs are failing miserably but
1: oh, that's oh man there's that's a true. lot
0: of yeah <laughs> short term
1: there's um, a lot of disillusioned ev owners you know for in uh, the upper midwest <laughs> trying to figure out how they could keep their their battery you know recharging their uh, recharging their battery and that you know that that's that's part of it uh, owning an EV, and um, you know, it was interesting that uh, Hertz decided to sell twenty thousand of their uh, electric vehicles in their fleet and replace them with gasoline cars, um, saying that you know, one, the consumer demand wasn't there, and two, it was costly to to fix them. So yeah. may yeah. not be a, it may not be a straight line up.
0: It may no, it's it. You know, I thought it would be zigzag because of uh, the price of gasoline. I thought once you've made an inroad in, you know, EVs, the gasoline demand would plummet, prices would plummet, and then you say, "Well, I got to buy a gas-driven car." But um, it's not working out that way. I think it was the EIA said that uh, eighteen percent of the sales in twenty twenty three light light duty vehicles in the U.S. EV EVs and hybrids are up to 18 percent, and in China it's 33 percent. And they're thinking that it that trend continues and puts pressure on gas demand next year. And uh, my question is, I know you are starting to put the EV. Is you, you're saying? I, I think you said before that you're starting to see uh, the effect of EV um, sales on gas gasoline, gasoline demand.
1: Totally, totally, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Looks like we peaked in on gasoline demand in 20 from 2016, 17, 18, and 19, the US gasoline demand was pretty solid at uh like 9.3 million barrels a day. And last year I, I I'm right, I think it was I think it was 8.8 mm. uh million barrels a day, something like that. Um so we, we certainly we've lost you know we've lost half a million barrels a day and some of that uh has been uh, some of that cv demand and that that is going to continue to grow right you know there's no question about there's no question about that so i i think you know you can that one i feel pretty certain about that u.s gasoline demand has has indeed peaked there are other there are other factors but um, you know, I think I think we're going to be hard pressed to to get an annual demand over over nine million barrels a day again.
0: Hmm. Just want to throw in some uh, option stuff here. You know, we talked about. Uh, Do we talk about the Red Sea? We know.
1: We know. No, we to, haven't.
0: Why don't you, you want to just uh, sort of recap what's what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what's being reported?
1: The um, well, as uh, I think. Most of our listeners know, the, the Houthis have been uh, attacking shipping in the, in, the, uh, in the Red Sea. And the Red Sea, of course, is a shortcut between uh, Asia and uh, Europe. So 8 million barrels a day go through the, uh, go through the Red Sea, both north, at, north and south. And certainly uh, a number of uh, shippers are now avoiding the Red Sea and instead going around uh going around africa it's not a loss of eight million barrels a day however um because part of the part of the traffic is uh, this russian traffic as well as uh, middle eastern production going going through there so it, 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 what it what's happened however is it's more it's more of a dislocation um and again we haven't lost any production at all so what we're seeing is some dislocation and the journey takes probably 10 to 14 days longer going around uh going around africa what's that what has that led to well it's led to when you see dislocation like that you know usually you you see the structure rally, and indeed, the physical market is now above the, the first futures. Brent is is already heavily backward dated at, at 50 to 60 cents over. Oman crude too, the Oman futures as well are, are uh, backward dated, and the physical is over that. So the market is really reacting as as one would think. You'd think, however, the outright price would rally a little yeah. more than it has but we're certainly seeing some uh, some big moves on uh, structure, you know. Generally, that's bullish. You would again, right. yeah. You know, you'd think, you'd think the price would move up, but <laughs> uh, you know, we for the time being, we we can't get out of our our own way. Even in WTI, you know, the the loss of the of Bakken has moved uh, WTI from from Contango to uh, to backward dated. So, you know. I think the market is reacting as 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 it should.
0: Yes, and I I have to say the um the option market has reacted as you might expect, and also kind of that subdued move where uh, volatility was um you know in in the last uh, I don't know months, say the low has been thirty two percent, and now it's at thirty six percent, which is the which is the high in the last month? So we so vowels moved up a little bit, not much. And and as I mentioned, the long term average is thirty five. So that's not that much. The skew also moved from um, minus four. That would be a uh, uh, twenty five delta, put compared to a twenty five delta call on the. Um, I think I used the uh, March options, and um, the, it it was, it was minus four. Uh, last week to the put and that's kind of normal and now it's uh, minus 1.5 so the skew went you know from from a bearish skew to a less bearish looking skew which was which was also what you would expect so but nothing you know and the, vo- the volume did pick up beginning of the year volume tends to pick up but also with this stuff going on um, but you just haven't seen you know gigantic plays going on, the, the paper flows spread out across the board the the uh big open interest in calls and wti continue to be the the may 76 and a half 77 calls and that was like a when when those giant 55 50,000 55,000 call spreads were being done you know year year and a half ago that's still on uh maybe maybe that was done more recently in the summertime but other than that there's just not a lot of You know, new option flow causing a strike to to look uh, uh, big. You know, there's no no big big strikes out there. For example, the the big put in WTI is twenty three thousand lots. That's the March sixty put, and that pretty much was done a while was built up a while ago. And if I look at uh, Brent options, the the big put is the D sixty put. Thirty-one thousand. So that that also was done a while ago. And in calls, the March one ten call was fifty-six thousand. So you know, it's again, my the volume has picked up, but it's not, it's not react, it's not overreacting to what's going on. Put it
1: that way. Um, Yeah, that's that's you know, you look at the situation now, right? You would think that somebody would be taking taking a shot. Yeah. I guess it's still the the market doesn't expect that there's going to be any uh you know a, any production loss and and that while well, there's a chance certainly a chance that the this middle east war um expands you know for now the market I I think is is relatively complacent you know there's always you know uh, the the one thing that I think the market's been fearing for Probably I don't know since the 1950s or 1960s would be the closure of the Straits of Hormuz. Right. Um, now there there goes 20 million barrels a day of yes. uh, crude and refined products through the, that's the main you know through the through the Persian Gulf. So um, that now that would be you know that would be catastrophic. It hasn't happened yet, and hopefully it never happens. But um, you know yeah. that that's. That's probably the biggest the biggest fear right now.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't see. I mean, the U.S. putting sanctions on Iran in an election year just doesn't. I mean, I I know that's kind of cold, but I don't see that yeah. happening either. I don't
1: see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. see it happening. Right, and and gasoline prices are certainly, you know, come down significantly. There, the last I looked, the average U.S. price was three o eight. You know that's down from the summer high of almost four dollars.
0: So, um, Andy, after uh, all this, we we covered a lot of ground here, and I've I've was a little snarky with the EIA's price projections and the the IEA talking about a comfortably balanced oil market and give me some price ranges, you know, going out a couple of months. What do you, what do you see?
1: Well, it does look it it. it... Yeah, I mean it does. It it does look balanced, at least on at least on paper. Um, global inventories are a little on the on the low side. Um, if you look at U.S. total inventories, here are yeah, actually they're a day about a half day supply. They're about normal total inventories for crude is crude is a little on the uh, a little on the low side, but. You know, I'd say global inventory is slightly low, uh, but nothing you know untoward. you know my my view is is more bullish than than bearish. you know my if I look at my if I look at my own balances, you know i I do see a, a decent draw in the in this quarter, and I do see demand increasing in the in the second half. So you know i do I do like the market to to move higher. Can it get to? Yeah, I think it. I think it's got a chance to get to. Uh, to get to eighty, ninety is going to have to be better OPEC discipline and, um, you know, much stronger economy, stronger, stronger demand, which is 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 certainly possible. And on the downside, as I said, I, I right now it's hard to trace something below sixty. You know, could it get below seventy? Yeah, of course it could. You know that's
0: no. yeah, definitely
1: right. Yes, I don't. You know, so you know, I, I think those are the those are kind of the numbers that I'm working with right now. And uh, yeah, it does look like it's going to be a narrower range than last year, but you know, it's only January, and this is so. You know, we've got 11 months ahead of us. Of you know who who knows what's going to happen. And as you and I always say. It's the thing you're not looking at.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. Yes. That
1: happens. Right. It's a place where you had no, you know, you weren't even you weren't even expecting anything. So uh, uh you know, something and something happens, you know, whether it's infrastructure or you, you know, recession. geopolitical yeah. you know, recession, you know, or
0: what um what uh out of the things you follow, what can you rank them as what you're, I mean, you're looking at everything, but would OPEC policy be the most important? You know, these are these are the desert island uh, fundamental pieces of information that you'd like to see. Would OPEC policy, you know, the net, you want to see the results of the next meeting, would that be number one? You know, China demand, well, I, U, U.S. oil yeah. production. So how would you I think rank it? Would
1: those? Be, I think it would be Saudi policy as usual, you know, Saudi slash OPEC policy. You know, because the Saudis really hold the key as to you know how they're going to unwind their price cuts if they're going to unwind their price cuts. So I I'd put Saudi number number one, and let's you know, obviously geopolitical something could happen. We know we know that, right? This right. Ability, so we'll put that aside on a, on a fundamental basis. Yeah, I think that um, Saudi policy would be would be number one. Number two is probably, you know, there's so many non-oil traders in, in our markets now that you know I hate to I, I really hate saying this, Jim, but you know, Fed policy is gonna be really important. Right um, on on flow. Not that I really like to rank that all that high, but you know, it certainly does have it certainly does have the flow behind it. Um and you Know we'll see how new refinery capacity comes in. There's a giant refinery opening up in Nigeria. Um, so you know, that's six, I think it's 650,000 barrels a day. It's a it's humongous and wow. it's starting up. And there's new refinery capacity in China, not so much in China, but in, in the Middle East. But, um, you know, it's, it's certainly will, we'll, you know, I'd rank the new refinery capacity up there and Chinese demand of course and US for you know how we do how the US does the US uh, oil production yeah US oil production yeah i th- I, th- I thought uh
0: US plus the um, the usual gang Canada Brazil biana as a group to see, right. what, see what what they, what they do. do this year after a, an amazing year in 2023 your financial comments uh i would just say you know, whenever I see an analyst, and I and I posted this on LinkedIn, so I'm I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but whenever I see an analyst use the dollar as a reason for oil movement, I, I just check on the uh, CME has a uh, correlation table, and um, I looked at it before we got on in the thirty day correlation for oil with with currencies, and they they look at the euro. You could look at a bunch of them, but I have the euro that. Uh, the japanese yen it's uh rounded to zero if you look at the correlation with um, short term long term interest rates it's rounded to zero and um, if you look look at the uh, correlation with the s&p it's rounded to zero so um that's you know that's that would be without a lag or leads so um i kind of don't look at that as much as a as a a driver of Oil markets, and as I always say, if you have a view on a dollar, trade the dollar. Um, yeah, you know.
1: Well, I'd agree. Uh, for yeah. for I guess what, what I'm mentioning is just the you know the these flows that come in the funds. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yep.
0: Yep. And, yeah. and, and, and the the CFT number CFTC numbers we 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 need to remember that they're as of Tuesday. They come out on Friday, and I I just don't understand why in in the year of 2024. You can't get a real, you know, release it on Saturday and get Friday's numbers. You know, just doesn't doesn't make sense to have uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of trading, which a lot can happen and then release, you know, numbers of what what the funds and, the you know, that the, the big specs are doing as of three days ago. But that's just me. Um, anything else, Andy? You want to talk about? Oh, I think
1: we, I think we covered a lot. We, we covered did. a lot of ground. Okay. Um, we, we, some we, technical issues, but I, I think we got we got through it. We made th-
0: we got through it, and we'll be back next month for the follow up. Another another one. Good. You can find me on LinkedIn. First of all, that's the best way to get me.
1: Yeah, you can get a hold of me at. We, first of all, our website, Commodity Research Group dot com and i am a labo at commodity research group dot com great
0: thanks andy